You're going to be learning Lukute Sichais, Parshas Kayach, the first Sicha, and we're going to be using the Hebrew translation. Sif Aleph, Yedua Shatayr Hitayr Achas, Va'arbaasa, Yifan, and the Pardis, Mahavim Kulam Yacha, Tayr Achas Shlema. It's known that the Tayra is one Tayra, and the four different parts of the Tayra, which we have the Pshat, the simple interpretation, Remez, are the hints that the Tayra gives. Dalit stands for Drush. These are the Drushes, the halachic drushes that we learn out from the Psukim and Soy, that's the Kabbalah, the secrets of the Torah. So even though these are four different sections of the Torah, but it's all Torah Achashleim, it's all part of one Torah. And this idea is expressed in the Zayar uh, regarding the Pnimius of the Torah and Nigla the Torah. Zayar writes that the for Pneumius Atara and Nigla Atara would be the Neshama and the Guf, meaning the Neshama is expressed through the body. Right? The, all the actions, the thoughts, the speech, everything that a person does is an expression of his Neshama. So even though the Neshama is something which is spiritual and the body is something which is physical, nonetheless it's one identity, it's one idea because the, the purpose of the body is to be able to express the Neshama in this world, this Oilam Haza. So similarly, we're saying we have four different parts of the Torah, so even though they are different parts, but they're in a sense like one body, that they all are in a sense expressing each other in different uh, ways. Meaning is there could be the ways which are more pshat related and there's ways which are more maybe ballistic or more soid or drush, but they all are expressing really the same idea, that same idea of the Torah. So according to this, we need to understand regarding the Machlekes of Karach in our Parsha. In Pneumius Atayra, it speaks a great length about the exalted level of Karach and about the sublime nature of the complaint he lodged. Until his complaint was that he wanted to have such a high and elevated social order which would only happen because we know what the Zayar says that will be transformed into the Kayanim. And we also know that it says nowadays the Allah is always like Beis Hillel, but the Allah is going to be like Beis Shammai. So Levim, as explained the Chassidists, are the level of Gvura. Beis Shammai is the level of Gvura, while Beis Hillel is the level of Chassid, the Kayanim of the level of Chassid. So what Kayach basically wanted is he wanted this Asad Lavi type status that the Gvur will be the main feature uh, and our connection to Hashem should happen already nowadays. But that, of course, so that's a very high ideal, but it wasn't, the world wasn't ready for that yet. Nowadays, which our main task is to carry out the mitzvah, such an anhaga would not be possible as explained the Hasidus. But the point is, we see that he had a very high ideal. But according to the Pshat, if you look at the Pshut Shemikra, it only deals with the great Yerida, the great downfall that Kairach had about his, the great sin that he did. He was trying to create a machlekes and how rude he was to Moshe Rabbeinu and the great punishment that happened to him and his entire um, Ida, his, uh, his people that were following him, as explained 
in, in the, just by reading the simple pshat of the psuk, and also if you're looking at the Mepharshiyat Taira. So the question is, how could it be if it's Taira Acha Shlema that Pnimis Atar explains how much of a tzaddik this individual was, and he attaches such a high ideal. But if you look at the simple interpretation of the psukim, it seems like this person was just, in a way, fighting with Moshe Rabbeinu. He was haughty. He was trying to get positions of power. How, how does this work? He says, Amnam The Rebbe says, the truth is, it's not a strong question. How could Hasidus say one thing? And then on the other hand, we have Pshat giving a different interpretation. Because even though the Torah is one Torah, he says, the truth is, every part of the Torah is shaykh to a different world and really a different madrega. Just like, and therefore, just like every part of the Torah also has its own rules, how, it, how you're supposed to learn it. So, so meaning is like this in a sense. Meaning is, when you're talking about, let's say even I'll give you an example of a person. So, there's, there's the legal, there's halakha, there's legal law, and then there's also the emotions of the person. So a person could feel one way, but then do an act which is exact opposite of his emotion. So you can't go and start asking, oh, if he felt this particular way, how could he have done an action which is the exact opposite of how he was feeling? The reasoning are because not necessarily do they need to connect. So let's look at legal law. So a person does a certain act. So according to the legal law, this person would be chai if he did the wrong thing, he is guilty. But then if you look at psychology, psychiatry, you can say, oh, emotionally, he was in the right. Like because of all the different things that happened in his lifetime and what his intentions were, he actually had very high intentions and emotionally he did the right thing. So legally, he's chai. But if you look at an emotional level, you could say, you know what, this person is really zaycha. He really has a schus for it. So same thing in the Torah. When you're looking at pshat, what Kairach did was wrong. He may, might have had great ideals, but if you're looking at the pshat level, he did something wrong. But if you look at the Hasidus, yes, he might have had great ideals, but Papayal, uh, that, that was the incorrect thing in pshat. So if it's not really a question, how could they not fit together? He says, Bechol Zayis, Terusha Khan Azbar. He says, nonetheless, we still need to explain it. Why? The cave He says, because we know that the four parts of Torah really comes from the four worlds that emanate one from the other. We have the worlds of Atzilus, Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya. So he says that they emanate one from the other, meaning is that one really flows from the other. So let's just give a simple example. We're talking about an idea. Let's say you, a person has a seichel, he has an idea in his mind, and then he has an emotional feeling about it, and then he thinks about it, and then he talks about it, and then he actually eventually does that act. So that when we're saying the four worlds, four worlds emanate from each other, we're really saying that one comes from the next. So if we're saying the same thing by Taira, then there has to be some type of connection, meaning by my emotion, going back to the previous example that we were using by law, law and emotion and psychiatry did not come one from the other. They're two totally different fields. Legally, we're trying to build a certain type of society. A psychiatry, we're trying to understand the human mind. So therefore, they not necessarily have to fit. And they could, according to the different rules of these two different types of um, chafmas, they won't actually fit. But when we're talking about the Torah, we're saying one comes from the next. So just like, so if I'm having an idea and then I have an emotion about the idea and then I start thinking and speaking and actually do that idea, there has to be some type of connection uh, between them. So therefore, they're saying, even though it's not really a question because there all, are different rules and, and that could be a simple way of, in a sense, explaining it. But nonetheless, really, since one's really coming from each other, 
there should we should see type of, some type of correlation, right? Meaning, to give um, maybe I'm going a little bit over and it's clear already. We could say, you know, Kairach had a great ideal, but then he did the wrong thing, and, and uh, you know, halakhically he did the wrong thing, and that's what the Torah is talking about—the simple interpretation. So yes, it seems very opposite, but it's two different types of learning. But if we're saying that really the Hasidus and the Pshat are connected, then we're saying is that because of the, these ideals, therefore he did these actions. So the ideals cause the actions. So if, they, if they're actually coming from the ideal that he had, we should be able to see within the action some aspect of that ideal which prompted those actions to eventually uh, come to the forefront. Therefore, the Rebbe continues, Therefore, he says, that even in the of Taira, there should be some type of an expression, at least in a certain detail, um, the greatness of Kairach and, 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 and his, his congregants and their great ideals, that should be somewhat expressed within the actual simple Pshat of the Taira, just like it is explained in Machar Chava within the Pnimis So we'll understand um, this idea by asking a few questions and details within the uh, nuances, really, within the shot of the Pesukim. So question number one. Why did the 250 people agree to be Makar of the Kataris as Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to test him? As we know that when they came with their complaint, Moshe Rabbeinu tells them that tomorrow you'll come and you'll come with the, um, the, the pans and you'll be Makar of the Kataris. And the one who is Kaidish, the one who's really supposed to be holy, he'll be the only one that Hashem will accept the Kataris and become the Kaingala, while everybody else will, will die. And that's, you know, as we know, Papayal, what happened? They brought it the next day, the 250 people, and they all got burnt by the Kataris. Masha Enkin Aaron, who brought it, he was, Hashem accepted the Kataris, and he came out alive. So Moshe Rabbeinu was testing them by saying, bring this carbon, the Kataris, which is the carbon of the Kaingadal, and whoever, in a sense, Hashem uh, accepts, he'll be the correct one, and that'll be the test to know who Hashem chose. So the Shaila is, why would they have agreed to such a test? They know already that they brought a Kataris and they were burnt. And they also know that Azara, non koim who's Makriva Kataris, is Meschai Benavshay. Nadavavir were Kainim, but they brought it without being requested for that particular Kataris to be brought and they were killed. So, and they also know Azara, that's Makriva Kataris, is also Meschai Benavshay. So, what was going through their mind to accept such a test? Meaning, how would they have known? that they are the ones or who are supposed to be the Kaingadal. There's 250 of them. They know that there's only one person who's supposed to be the Kaingadal. So why would they assume that it was one of them? I mean, there's 600,000 Yidin. They're saying, Moshe Rabbeinu, you made it up that Aaron's supposed to be the Kaingadal. Hashem never wanted him to be the Kaingadal. Okay, that's a good time. Maybe he made it up. But how did they know it was one of them? So all 250 people think it's them and they're going to, in a sense risk their lives to bring this Kataris? <laughs> what was the logic behind it? Why would it be me more than you? I know it's not Aaron so therefore I think it's automatically me and I'm willing to, in a sense, risk my life for that. Seems very strange. So Rashi and the Medrash both give an answer. He says, They weren't fools. 
That Moshe Rabbeinu actually warned them. He says, You're taking upon a great matter upon yourself, meaning is that you know that if you're making a mistake, you're going to be Chayv Misa. So he says, why did they do it? So Rashi and the Medrash both explain because they sinned against their soul. Meaning, they understood that they will probably die. But they, in a sense, that they sinned against their soul, that they had a disregard. That sin, what, what, what does it mean to sin against their soul? Meaning they didn't, soul over here means their life. They sinned against their own life because they were unjust to their life. Meaning they didn't take, they had no value for their own life. They wanted to become Kohen Gadol, and therefore they, in a sense, gave up their own lives and didn't take it seriously. So that would be a sin because they wasted their lives. They, it basically was a type, like a form of suicide. That Rashi actually continues. So Rashi continues, I, what about Kairach? Kairach wasn't a fool. So he says, Kairach actually had a reason. Kairach saw that eventually he's going to have a, a descendant who's going to be Shmuel, who's on equal level to Moshe Varen, and he's also going to have uh, uh, families which are going to be part of the 24 groups of Kayanim. So Kairach actually had a reason why he thought he should be the Kain Gadol. So he wasn't a fool. Right, he, and that's why in the pasuk it actually doesn't say when, uh, that Kairuch was chatal nafshay. It doesn't say that Kairuch was chatal nafshay. It only says about the two hundred fifty people. The reason why they were considered chatal nafshay is because they had no logical reason to think that it was going to be them to be kain gadol. So why would you bring the katiris? Kairuch had a logical reason to think that he was going to be the kain gadol. So he says, "Ah, it's not Aaron. Why would it be me? Because I can see that my descendants are going to be just as great as uh, Moshe and Aaron. So even you know, as equal to both of them together. So it makes sense that I'm the uh, Kain Gadol." So the Rebbe says, "But still, But still, we need to understand why would they have come to such a chait to, to, in a sense, commit suicide? So we're saying is they had no logical reason to assume that it was them that they were going to be the Kain Gadol in the place of Aaron, and they knew that." If it's not them, they would be chayv benafsham. So why would, what, they're such fools, even, if, so you're saying, oh, they committed suicide, but why would they commit suicide? Why would they be mafkar their life? Well, they must have had some type of purpose, some type of, uh, some type of motive. So we need to understand what that was. Second question. It says in the Medrash, and Rashi brings it, that when Moshe Rabbeinu told the, uh, those 250 people, this is what you should do. Go and take the fire pans. And bring the Katiris the next morning. Shamoisha Hizbrahim. Anu Inlanu Allah Shamacha. So Moshe Rabbeinu is in a sense replying to them and telling them what they're doing wrong. He says, We only have one God. And we only have one kind Gadol. And you are 250 people who want Kuhnagadila. I also want to be a Kain Gadol. So what Moshe Rabbeinu is basically telling them is that what they're doing wrong. They all want to be the Kain Gadol. So Moshe Rabbeinu is telling them, we, we can only have one Kain Gadol. So what, what are you guys trying to do by bringing the Katiris tomorrow? Only one of you uh, could be successful. And Moshe Rabbeinu continues and says, I also want to be the Kain Gadol. So Vikasha. Shall Aaron of action little and menu. So the shaila is, these 250 people are trying to make, they're making a machlekes regarding the Kuhn Gdela, And they're trying to take it away from Aaron. And Moshe Rabbeinu is kivyachol, in a sense, agreeing with them. Even if it's just by Dibur, he's saying, I also want it. Meaning is, he's in a sense, he's agreeing to their taina. Like, yes, you guys have a good taina to want to become the Kayin Gadol instead of Aaron. 
why is that a good time? You're basically saying that Aaron is not worthy and it's, I also want to take his place. That, that you're, you're in a sense agreeing with them. And they're at this point out in the parentheses, even if it's just Bedeber Ba'alma, Bedeber Ba'alma is also bad. I mean, Maishu Rehni didn't do anything. He didn't bring the Kataris the next day. But still, even agreeing is bad. As we see in the Perki Yavis, he says, There is a Milo that you need to be careful with your words. So why, in a sense, is he agreeing with their timing? Saying, you guys are saying, you know, you guys have a good point. Furthermore, what was the purpose of Moshe adding these words? What was he hoping to uh, be piled to affect the 250 people by saying, what type of effect was he planning on having on these 250 people? And three, Gimel. So the third question is, we need to understand the general issue with this machlaikas. Hashem promises Moshe uh, Rabbeinu, this is by the Ser Sadibris, that they will believe you forever. Meaning is once they see me speaking to you and giving you, uh, giving over the, uh, the, the Ten Commandments, they will believe you forever that you are a Navi. So, How is it possible that Kairach could argue with Moshe, him and his entire Ada? They didn't believe. How could it be that they did not believe that all of his deeds and all of his actions were because Hashem sent me? Especially since the 250 people were the heads of the Sanhedrin, they were the leaders of the people. Hashem said clearly that they will forever believe you, my Sherbeno. So if Hashem gave him such a promise that they'll believe him, uh, that he's the Navi of Hashem forever from Atamat and Tyre, how is it Shaykh that? Anybody really can argue. Hashem promised that that wouldn't happen. And then we see in this Bisparsha that it did happen. And it didn't just, and, and who did it happen with? It happened with the greatest Sadiqan that would have really appreciated, in a sense, what happened by Matan, by Matan Taira. And known and know that the Navu of Matan Taira was, uh, was, was, was true and Hashem spoke to him. I mean, every year understood that, but we're saying especially the, the, the leaders of the people would have appreciated uh, that, that event. And he says further, And he says, especially according to the Beer of the Rambam, the Mephoshiah Torah, that there was actually a reason. It wasn't just a promise that I will, they will believe in you forever. Meaning it's like Hashem's giving a promise, but there was no logical reason. The Rambam explains that there was a logical reason why they'd believe in Maisha, because it's because their, or our eyes saw, not a stranger's, our own ears heard Hashem speaking to Maisha, not someone else's ears. We saw the fire, we saw the voices uh, and, and the torches. We saw Moshe Rabbeinu approach the, um, the fog and we heard Hashem speaking to him and he's saying, Moshe, Moshe, go and tell the Jewish people this and this. So I remember him saying, how do we know that Moshe Rabbeinu is a Navi MS and they'll trust him forever? It's because they saw that this event took place. Ad, and it's such an important point. It's such a fundamental point of our religion. And the Rambam says that because we saw what happened with Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem speaking to him, that therefore if any Navi comes and does wonders and miracles, and he says, I'm a true Navi, 
And he does these miracles. And then he says, I'm going to, and he wants to, in a sense, negate the Nevu of Moshe Rabbeinu and saying the Nevu of Moshe Rabbeinu is no longer applicable or it's no longer, it was, wasn't true. We don't listen to him. And we know for sure um, that all those miracles that he did was really just witchcraft. It's because the Nevuah Moshe is not through miracles or signs. Rather, it's because we, our own eyes saw, our own ears heard, just like Moshe Rabbeinu heard. So we know that Moshe is true because we heard it also. So that's why we don't, any future Nevi'im that come later on in future generations and want to negate the prophecy of Moshe, it's automatically thrown out and we know that it's false. Because we know we know that Moshe is true from our own experience. So So this is about all future generations. So for sure, when we're talking about that generation that was on Harsina, for sure they knew that Moshe was a true prophet. How is it possible that after all of this, that Kairach which who wasn't a Navi, and Befrat, he did not show them any miracles or signs. Um, he was able to pull with him and get draw after him an entire Ada of the Jewish people to be Kaifer and to go against Moshe Rabbeinu, who was a Navi and was a Shliach of Hashem. It seems very strange. Why would they trust Kairach? First of all, how could Kairach himself do it? And furthermore, even if you want to say, okay, Kairach was an individual, one person, and he... Uh, you know, he could make a rebellion and, and say whatever he wanted to say, even though he himself did not believe it. But how was he able to pull and, and convince other Yidin to join him? Like they would know that Kairach is false and what he's saying that's not true, because they know that not Hashem, that Moshe Rabbeinu is a Navi. Meaning is, even though Kairach it says in Rashi, the big reason why he rebelled is because it was because of jealousy. So fine, so he's rebelling because of jealousy. But why were the other people joining in? Because they felt that what he was saying, that Moshe Rabbeinu, in a sense, appointed his family, appointed Aaron, and appointed his other members of his family as positions of leadership, was because of his own it was because of his own decision and not because of the Nevoah Sashem. How could they believe that Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't a true Navi? Just to point out, it says that Kairach wasn't, uh, wasn't a Navi. Um, it's interesting because I, I mentioned earlier, Rashi does say that he saw um, that Shmuel, a Navi, will eventually come from, will be from his descendants, who will be equal in stature to, to Aaron and Moshe. So... Um, so he must have had some type of prophetic vision, but again, that doesn't necessarily mean that he was on the level of a Navi. He might have had some level of Ruach HaKadosh, but he wasn't on the level of a Navi, at least probably halachically, uh, for, we just mentioned the Rambam at least. Um, a Navi has, there are certain tests that a Navi has to go through until the Jewish people will accept them as a Navi. So A, he might not have even had the level of prophecy, which would be considered a level of vias. It might just have been a lower level of prophecy, which we call Ruach HaKadosh. And B, even if he did have some type of a level of nevuah, nonetheless, it doesn't say anywhere that he went through those tests that the Jewish people will have to accept what he says as a nevias. Right? So he never went through those tests. So even if he had prophecy, but he wouldn't have been halakhically considered a navi. So how could this non-halakhic navi, which we, don't, we as outsiders don't know if he's a navi, all of a sudden go against Moshe, being that we know for sure that he's a navi. Especially since uh, if he's not a navi and he didn't perform, even if he was a navi and he made miracles, we still wouldn't trust him because Moshe Rabbeinu is true because we know that Moshe Rabbeinu is the uh, navi. So Kolsh came with Kava Chaimer when he wasn't even a navi and he didn't show any miracles, why would anybody have followed him? So those are the three questions.
Gimel. Habir Bezer. Kumafurish Bakasov, Kwanas Kayak Vadasimah, Bimachla Kaisam Haisa Shmitsis Akuna Tisha Air, Al Shahim Yu Kulam Kayanim Gadalim Vikashtam Gamakuna. So the Kshad is um, from, it's, it's clear from the Psukim that the Kavana of Kairach and his people in their argument was that the, that the Kahuna should actually um, should remain. Right? They didn't want to actually dissolve the priesthood. They wanted the priesthood to remain. Their request was that they also want to be Kohen Migdalim, Mikashtim Gam They also were seeking the Kahuna. Not that they actually wanted to abolish it. So they were never actually saying that Moshe Rabbeinu made up this whole thing and there's no idea of Kahuna. That doesn't say that anywhere. All it says is that all the people are holy and we also want to have the Kahuna. It's interesting. The Rebbe puts in parentheses the word gedolim in parentheses, because in the pasuk it, all it says bikashdam gam kuna. They also we also request the kuna. It doesn't say clearly in the pasuk that they want to be koyhanim gedolim. It just says that they want to be kuna. So he puts it in parentheses. But if you look at R twenty three, tazayin yud because of any mafur should be kuna gedolim. And the pasuk doesn't say clearly that they want the kuna gedolim. Avakem mafur betargem unkulis betargem yenesam benuziel sham chaymash bemedrashim sharatan pirish rashi. But it is. Uh, clear from the Targum Unkelis and the Yenisan and the Midrashim that they actually also wanted the Kuna Gudayla. Okay. So, Alpizay Yeshleimar. Shabbibach Lukusa Yemisha Loy Kafar Karach Bazasha Mesha Shleach Hashem. Vichimasha Asa Adhena Kaila the Kuna Haya Apiashem. He says, we can give an interesting explanation that the argument that they had with Mesha wasn't that Karach was saying that Mesha Rabbeinu is a, uh, he's, a he's a false prophet. And he's not the Shliach Hashem. And everything that he did now wasn't uh, Al Pi Hashem. Rather, they thought that it's able, we're able to add onto what Moshe Rabbeinu um, said, Al Pi Hashem, or to change it. So we're saying, yes, we know that Moshe Rabbeinu is true. And this, that there's this concept of Kuna is also true. But what they were hoping to do is, they're hoping to be able to add more Koyhanim or to change how that particular, uh, you know, if it's maybe instead of Aaron will be one of us. So they knew that's what they were trying to do, meaning either to add more people who could be Kainim or to change who those individuals were. Um, but they knew that the union of Kuna was real. So how, so I, L'chayr, being adding or changing would also be, in a sense, negating what Hashem said. But listen to this beautiful explanation by the Rabbah. He says, This is al derech ma'ashe'edi al-yedei tefilo b'kasha efshe lifal sh'akadosh baruchu yeshana v'yevatel gzardin k'yetzibzah. This is similar, that through davening and, and through b'kashas, we're able to affect that Hashem should change or m'vatel gzardin. Meaning there's a divine decree, and through davening, we're able to, in a sense, nullify that, uh, that divine decree. And we saw this after Moshe Rabbeinu davened by the Chet Egel, when, uh, and the Chet Amaral, when Hashem wanted to destroy the Jewish people, and Moshe davened and changed that decree. Therefore, Kairach also thought that through davening and through the requests that maybe he can um, convince Hashem to change and to transfer the Kuna from Aaron and give it over to him. 
especially since by the Kuna we find that initially the Kuna was, was, was given to the firstborns. And then we know that afterwards, through their sinning, it was taken away from them and it was given over to Sheva Levi to Aaron and his children. Because the, the, the firstborn sinned by the Chayte Egel, they lost the Kuna. So, so Kairach knows that regarding Kuna specifically, we see that Hashem changes who, um, who initially the, the changed is and is able to change who's going to be the kainim, the bechayim, the firstborns were initially um, the kainim, and then Hashem took that position away and gave it to someone else. So Kairach is saying, yes, Hashem gave this position to Aaron, uh, Aaron, but I want, but he's diving to Hashem and he's making this machleik in the sense, take it away from Aaron and give it over to me. And he says he even has a reasoning for it. He says Aaron had a certain connection to the Chet Egel. And that was the Chet that the, the firstborns did was that they were involved in the Chet Egel and therefore they lost the position of Kuhuna and it was given to the Kainim. So he says Aaron was also involved. So maybe he should also lose this position. He says, He says, uh, We know that the Levim, the entire tribe, and also Kairach, were completely innocent from this faith. And on the contrary, we know that the Bnei Levi fought and had a battle against those who Aaron revealed their disgrace. Meaning, is the Aaron said that the ego was made uh, because, in a sense, they, they were pushing him to make it. And uh, so, so they had a battle and they killed all the individuals that were involved in the Chet Egel. So even though, of course, we know that Aaron did not mean for the Chet Egel to happen, and we learned the whole Sikha last year about halachically, that Aaron didn't do anything wrong. Um, and as we know, even Pshut Shamikra, what Aaron was trying to do, he was trying to push off as much as possible these individuals from making the Chet Egel. He says, give me the gold and I'm going to make it. And he was trying to slow it down and hoping for Moshe Rabbeinu to eventually... Uh, return, but either way, the point is he still still had a certain connection to the Chet Egel. Therefore, they're saying, you know what, Aaron really shouldn't have this position either. <laughs> and, and maybe the Rebbe is hinting at this idea of that that Aaron, in a sense, revealed their 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 disgrace. Is that we have um, this might might be what the Rebbe is also, uh, in a sense, stressing is that we have an alacha that when a person has let's say an aver with a behema. The behemoth is also killed. So the question is, why is the behemoth killed? Like the behemoth doesn't have free choice. That the person did the aver with the animal. So the reasoning is, is because whenever you see that animal, in a sense, you see and you remember the sin that was done with that animal, and that's in a sense a disgrace for the sinner. So therefore we kill also even the animal. So in a sense, by keeping Aaron as the Kain Gobble, and whenever you see Aaron, in a sense, you also remember, oh, the Chayta Ego that Aaron was involved in. Uh, so you should really not have him either as the Kain Gobble. Maybe that's also maybe part of the diak. Anyways, I, the asks a very strong question. If you look at the words of Moshe Rabbeinu, he was saying, um, he was telling them, they wanted, they're coming with their claims, so he replies to them, tomorrow, you know, we should come with all the, uh, the, two, the two, he was telling the 250 people, come tomorrow with the, the fire pans, and we're going to bring the katerahs, and we'll see, and he says that whoever continues to fight with me, Hashem will create something um, that will make it very clear 
um, that, that Hashem made me as the messenger, meaning is that Hashem's going to create, you know, the, the opening in the earth that will swallow Kairach uh, and Kairach uh, Dasan, Avian, etc. So Moshe says that through this miracle that will happen tomorrow, that you will know that Hashem is the one that sent me, implying what they were arguing was whether Hashem sent them or not. So this is different what the Rebbe is saying, because the Rebbe is saying now is they all agreed that Hashem sent them. All they wanted to do is, in a sense, try to change or to add to what, the, um, to what Hashem uh, uh, told Moshe Rabbeinu. But according to what Moshe Rabbeinu, in a sense, is replying to them, he's saying that through this miracle that's going to happen tomorrow, you'll know that Hashem sent me, implying that they're arguing whether Hashem actually sent him uh, to be their leader. So that's a very strong question on this whole pshat. So the Rebbe explains... He says, this came, Moshe Rabbeinu said this because Moshe was extremely humble, more humble than any other person on the face of the earth. Therefore, he thought like, uh, that this promise that he had, that Hashem tells him that they're always going to trust you, uh, didn't wasn't fulfilled by him. Meaning is because he wasn't worthy. Meaning is I shouldn't give him a promise, but you need to be worthy for that promise. And he wasn't worthy. Therefore, it wasn't niskain by him at least uh, up to uh, at least at that point in time. So Aderek Masha Yaakov in Yisra Hashem Nislach Nis Nislach Nis Niskalalti Nislachalti Bechet Afagab Shehis Biyad Avtacha Malkadosh Baruch Hu Mitzad Oisahatam. Uh, this is similar that we know that Yaakov Avinu was scared of Esau. The Shaila is why he's scared of Esau. Hashem gave him a promise that he will be safe. So he thought it was because maybe I, I became dirty through skin. Skalalti probably is supposed to be with Bechet, that I became dirty with sin, and therefore that promise wasn't going to be fulfilled by him. So Moshe Rabbeinu thought when they're all coming to him, he doesn't know what their intentions are. So the, the real intention that they had is, since we know that Hashem promised that that everyone's going to believe in Maishu Bain. We know that for sure they believed in Maishu Bain, that he was real. So Alamai, what was their taina? They wanted, they were hoping that through their arguing and, and, and their diving, whatever it is, they'd be able to change or to add to what was initially told to Maishu Bain. But Maishu Bain didn't know their taina, so he's assuming that they did not accept him as the real shliach of Hashem, and that's because he wasn't deserving that that promise would be fulfilled by him. Okay, so I'll pizza. Uh, so that answers really question three that we said is, you know, Hashem promised that he'd always be believed and all of a sudden we're saying that he wasn't believed. So if the answer is yes, he was believed. It was just Moshe's thought process that he wasn't uh, being trusted as the Navi. But the truth is they did trust him as the Navi and they just wanted to, in a sense, add and uh, to change what was told to him. So Ish. So the second question, uh, actually the first question we had is, what was the foolishness of the 250 people that they were going to be Makrif Kateris? They knew uh, that they, like, they, they had no, they, they knew that if they weren't allowed to bring it, they would die. And they had no thought, reason to assume that they were supposed to be taking the place of Ar. So he says, So these 250 people didn't come to argue on Maisha. Rather, their desire was to become So they weren't coming to argue. Rather, as we said before, this was they were coming to add. Like Kairuch, I think, was coming to, we're going to say, was coming to change. Meaning, as Hashem made Aaron the Kain Gadol, he wants to take a place. While the 250 people came to add, they also want to be Kain Let's have 250 Kain Gadol. As Rashi says, you're 250 people and you all want the Kain Gadol. So we can say 
that Kairach wanted to be the Kain Gadol instead of Aaron. While the 250 people wanted to actually be Kain Gadolim in addition to Aaron, who was the Kain Gadol. The reason why um, we're saying that is because of, as I, you know, let's go a little bit vital and you'll see, but that's based on that Rashi that we said before that they were, that they in a sense committed suicide while Kairach actually had a reason that he thought he's going to be the kind Gadol in the place, meaning he knew that there could only be one kind Gadol, right? And, and he just thought, like, I should really be that individual. While the other 250 people doesn't say that they had a reason to assume they would be the individual. What was their desire? They knew that they, they, they're hoping, let's get more Kainim G'daylim. So, Mahaya Inyana Shal Chuka so what was the, the idea behind this desire? So the Midrashim Rashi explains. This is what the question number three was, two was, why did Moshe Rabbeinu say, I also want it? So that's what Rashi's trying to explain, that when Moshe Rabbeinu said, I want it, it's coming to explain what their desire was. He says, The ruts and the desire to be a kind Gadol, that was even by Maisha. Meaning is, it's actually a good thing. It's a very holy thing. They didn't want to be a kind Gadol because they want to be leaders and have power over the Jewish people. But because the kind Gadol is separated from the Jewish people, he is and he's constantly standing in front of Hashem to serve him, they wanted to be Kaidish HaKadoshim, means they want to be on the level of the Kain Gadol. So that was their desire. So they knew that, again, they knew that Moshe Rabbeinu was a true prophet, and that actually makes stronger the question of Rashi, what was their tipshus? If they believed that Moshe Rabbeinu was the Kain Gadol, and then they say, um, they want to be Kain Gadol, and Moshe Rabbeinu, and they know that if they're not supposed to be Kain Gadol, they're going to die, and they believe Moshe Rabbeinu, they're saying that he, that, 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 that um, Aaron was, what was, their t- what was their thought process? So the thought process was, again, that they would be able to add another 250 people. But still, what does Moshe Rabbeinu reply back to them? Look at our, um, actually, just, let's say later our, but and what, was, what, what, what was, what did Moshe Rabbeinu in a sense answer back to them? Moshe Rabbeinu answers back to them, and this is in Rashi, that there's only one God, there's only, and there's only supposed to be one kind God. And there's also only one Torah. Meaning is that this is Moshe Amos, Teirasa Amos was his answer. That what I what I said, there's only supposed to, that there's Aaron is the Kain Gadol. This is not something which is uh, you know in a sense optional. There could have been one, and there could be many. No, this is Tyrus Amos. Tyrus Amos is that this is the way it's supposed to be. One Torah, one Hashem, one Kain Gadol. That's how it works according to the uh, the Torah itself. Masha uh, Enkin, I guess the idea of. Uh, Sheva Levi taking the place of, of the firstborns, that's something which is not necessarily Tyrus Ames, uh, and uh, of course it's Tyrus Ames, sorry, that was the wrong way of saying. Meaning is it wasn't something that was integral to um, the actual halachas. Meaning is you're not allowed to be Moisif or Gerea from the actual midst of the Tyra. So being a kind Gadol, that's that there's only supposed to be one kind Gadol, that's the Tyra, and there's not allowed to add or take away by making more. Who's going to be the kind Gadol? That's something that can change, right? Just like Aaron's not going to be Kain Gadol for, forever, it was given, you know, eventually he's going to pass away and it's going to be his kids and he can have multiple kids and who's going to be the one who's going to be the Kain Gadol? And we see throughout the generations that sometimes a, a, a Kain Gadol could lose that position and someone else got it instead of that, uh, of that Kain Gadol. So who's going to be the Kain Gadol? That's something which is, even according to Torah, can change. 
So what Maishu Rabbeinu is telling them is, you're 250, what he's replying back to them, you guys want to add 250 positions, that's not something that we're able to do. So then Rashi says, that once they, they were warned, and they know that Moshe is true, and he tells them that you're not allowed to get, why did they do it? So, he, so, the, so the Rashi says, they sinned against their very lives. And we'll explain what that means in a moment. So Moshe Rabbeinu, so Moshe Rabbeinu tells them, that the Ratzon, to be kind of, that's something good. You guys should talk about it. But we can only have one kind of. So he says, to want to have it, that's a fantastic thing. Yeah, you should definitely want to become close to Hashem, his replies to them. But halakhically, the Torah is Torah's Amis, there can only be one kind of. And you can't just add a, a 250 positions. Elisha but nonetheless, they had such a strong uh, desire to, be, to, be, to come close to Hashem, they agreed to bring the Kataris, even though they knew the warning of Moshe that they would die, that they will become destroyed. And again, they knew that Moshe Rabbeinu was a true prophet. And he's told them that's only going to be one kind of And they also know that the kind of is supposed to be to Aaron. So now we really understand Rashi's questions. Why were they such fools? They knew it called them. Nonetheless, they wanted to do it. They were prepared to do that. Um, they wanted to be zeicha, to be able to do this avayda, this helika avayda, to stand and to serve Hashem. Uh, uh, and through that, they will have, they'll bring their pekirvasam, they become very close to Hashem, similar to anadavavyu, that um, it's explained the archaim by anadavavyu, that um, what, the reason why Nadavavu brought that Kataris is because they wanted to have a very special close connection to Hashem, which is only attained by the Kataris. So these 250 people also wanted that. And that's why it's the idea is they sinned against themselves because they knew they would die. So oh, that's why they sinned against the Nishams. They knew what would happen, and therefore it was a sin that they caused their own life to be taken. But at least now we understand where it came from. Okay, so now at least it's logical reasonings behind it. And he says, He says, so this is similar to the idea that we know by the Bayesheni, the Gemara tells us that uh, there were many, many Kayinim during that period of time. The reason is because every year, uh, whoever was Kayin Gadol, Yom Kippur, would die that year. Because the idea was, if you weren't worthy to be the Kayin Gadol, you would not survive the year. And the position of Kayin Gadol during Bayesheni, from a large period of the time, was given to the person who bribed uh, the Roman government, basically, to take that position. So they took it even though they were not worthy. They would go into the Kaidish Rosh and they died throughout the year. So the Shaila is, if everybody's dying after five, six, seven times it's happening, like why are you continuing to purchase that position if you know you're going to die? Nonetheless, they would work and they would take the Kuna Gadayla for money. They'd pay for the petition. Uh, so it's a strong shayla. They saw the kind of last year didn't survive. And they know by themselves, the Oma Drega, that they're not really fitting for the position of the kind of. So how is it possible that they pushed 
for themselves to be appointed as the Kain Gadol. But the explanation is because of their great Ratzin and their great desire to go into the Kaidish Akdashim Yom Kippur, that's the place where the Shekhinah was in a revealed way, that was worth it for them um, to even, uh, that was worth it for them to go into the Kaidish Akdashim, even though that would cause them to die. So similarly, we're saying by the 250 people, even though they knew at this point that they would not survive the bringing of the Kataris the next day, it was still worth it for them to bring it in order to have that close relationship with Hashem. They wanted basically, in a sense, to experience a kind of type of experience. Vav. So Apiza move and Kate's a gamb shoot shimikr and the care smilas mile of ilu bamachlikas karapadasai. Shar canal, sibas vinya machalkoisam and sada rasanli as kaingadl, vekajla lakov kajigdashim. So now we understand that how I we back to the original original question, which was that Pshute Shemikr, it seems like Kairach and his people were trying to make a rebellion against Moshe and they got very severely punished. While according to Pneumus Atar, it seems like they had very high spiritual ideals. So now he says, we can see how even in Pshute Shemikr, you can see the high ideal of Kairach and his people. He says, because the cause of their Machlekes was because of the Ratzin to be a Kaingadl, to become holy to God, uh, to be Kaidish HaKadashim. Right, so even in Pshutesh we see what was their main desire. Their main desire was that they want to be a kind Gadol too. So that fits very well with the Chassidus. So Chassidus takes a, obviously a much deeper state that they were trying to change the, the way of Avodah Hashem to be a level of Gvur instead of Avodah Hashem. But still, even in Pshutesh you see that there was a certain, they, they wanted to have this powerful connection to Hashem. So Ma'ayim Bala Karech Vadasai Ratzon Liyais Where does, where did, Kairach and his people get this desire to become kind of Where did they come up with this idea? So he says, Harizem Budgash Bidvarov. He says it's actually, he says it clearly. Just read what read what Kairach said. He says, He says, All the people are holy. Within them is God. So why do you exalt yourself over them? What does he mean that all the people are holy? He says all of them heard the words that were said at Sinai from Hashem. So He says, so why are you, in a sense, making yourself exalted? You shouldn't have chosen the position of Kuna for your brother because you weren't the only ones that heard at Sinai, everybody heard. Hashem told all the Jewish people that you will be for me a nation of priests and a holy nation. And the Balaturim writes, at the time of Matan uh, at Sinai, every single Yid became, uh, was on the level of a Kain Galil. Therefore, since Be'etzem, every single Yid is able to be a Kain Gadol, but the Chet caused them to lose that uh, ability to be a Kain Gadol. Therefore, it was awakened within Kairach and, and his party, this Ratzin to be the Kuhuna Gadayla. And that's really what they're trying to say, is we lost this ability to become a Kain Gadol because we sinned. Let's change it back to how it was supposed to be, that we could all be Kayanim uh, Gedailim. Each one in his own way. As I said, the, the 250 people, they're saying, let us be in addition to Aaron. 
While Kirch was saying, after Moshe Rabbeinu, I guess, replies that there can only be one Kayin Gadol, he still replies, you know, that, that position should be mine, because Aaron was involved in Chete Egel, while I wasn't involved in Chete Egel. And furthermore, I see that in future generations, Shmuel's going to come for me, so I see that definitely I'm probably the one that's um, Roy Fort. And then, based on that, we can, now we have a greater appreciation of what Hasidus is saying, because... You know, I guess at the end of the day, why did Karach think it should be him and not Aaron? Uh, well, Pshat, we have part of the reason, but even on a deeper Pshat, Karach is saying, it has to be me, because ultimately, if I see Shmuel's coming for me, I see that this is the real level, that we're, uh, Shmuel's on the level of both, both Moshe and Aaron, so we're really able to reach a higher level of our connection to Hashem, which is probably the level that I'm at, which is the level of Gevura, uh, as it's explained in Chassidus. Okay, let's go right there. Okay. Now we can understand why the name of the Parsha, which the name of the Parsha is Min Yisrael, which is Taira, the first one in the Parsha is Ve'yikach, Ve'yikach Kairach. We don't call the Parsha Ve'yikach. We also don't even call it Ve'yikach Kairach. All we call it is Kairach. Why? He says, because the words ve'yikach kairach, which means a kairach took, the Targum explains means v'spali kairach, in the sense that the kairach split, like he caused a split in the people. It was causing an art of machlekes. Bolashin Rashi lokach atzmei l'tzad echad liyas nechlak matecha eda la'erer alakuna. That kairach took himself to one side to split from the eda to to make complaints about the kuna. El arak. But we call the parsha only by the word kairach. Because in this word kairach, it's not hinted to the sin that he had, all that, which was arguing, making a mechlekes on kairach. So if it would have said v'yikach kairach, so v'yikach just means he took. So we don't know what that means unless you read the rest of the parsha. But in the word v'yikach, which means he took, meaning he took himself to one side, it's already hinted what his main avera was. But we don't call it that. We just call it Kairach, where there's no hidden all of what he did wrong. So he says the reason is like this. The reasoning is because the lesson that we should learn from Parshas Kairach is not just the, uh, the negative, meaning is don't be like Kairach and his party, as it says in Pirkei Avis, but there's also a positive, a positive thing. Um, because this Ratzin that was by Kairach and the 250 people and also by Moshe Rabbeinu, it needs to be by every Yid. On the contrary, he says that itself actually testifies, it's a, it's a testimony that they heard the words that were saying that were said at Sinai from Hashem that I am your God. And what does that mean? So Hasid explains Havaya that Hashem becomes your power and your energy and your vitality. Um, and that's so what happened to Har Sinai is that Hashem became our actual vitality, our actual energy. And that's something that we're supposed to want. That not it shouldn't just be a spiritual potential that we have that Hashem is our energy, but even in, in our day-to-day life we can feel that Hashem is our true power and energy. So Masha Asr, Shahaya 
So what the, the part which was Asr, the thing that they did wrong, is expressed in that they actually, B'poyol, did something against Moshe that they uh, incited other people and they to, to complain and to argue against the Kuhuna. Um, their issue was that they were arguing about the Kain Gadol that Hashem chose through Maisha, and they wanted to be Papayal the Kain Gadol. Um, but the problem was, of course, that Papayal could only be one Kain Gadol, uh, and that's the one Hashem chose, and that's what Moshe Rabbeinu told them. So if they would have just come and said, you know, come with their complaint that we're all holy and we also want to be Kainim Gedalim, why did only, you know, in a sense, give it to Aaron? And Moshe would have applied because Hashem said there could only be one, and Hashem is the one that chose Aaron to be the Kain Gadol, and they would have left, that would have been fine. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu was telling them, you know, your Ratzin's good, and you should keep that Ratzin because that's good, you're supposed to have that. Because he's agreeing with their Tainu, they're saying, we all saw what happened to Harsinai. He says, yes, you did see what happened to Harsinai. And this that you saw Harsinai wasn't, it was for a reason. The reason why you have the Sanuich that I'm your energy and your vitality is because it's Taka, that's how it's supposed to be. And you're supposed to want to reveal that energy and that life within yourself. But Papayal, you cannot come and become the Kain Gadol because that's not what Hashem wants. But the Ratzin to have that, that's definitely something you should want and it has to remain and you have to be uh, so this is really point two, uh, part B of the Sicha. Uh, that, in a sense, explains Peshutah Mikra and how it fits with the Chassidus. Now we're going to take this idea and connect it to a Rambam, as we'll see. So he says, we can ask on this interpretation. He says, He says, it says regarding Levi that they were separated to serve Hashem, uh, to, to work for Hashem, and to serve Hashem, and to teach the proper uh, ways and the proper mishpatim, uh, mishpatim hatzdikim, the righteous mishpatah, the righteous law to the, to the multitude. Therefore, they were separated from the, uh, the, the ways of the world, and they are the army of God. The Ramah writes about this. That this idea of being able to serve Hashem and separate yourself from the world, and your whole purpose is to connect Hashem and to teach the people the correct path, that's not just for Shevet Levi, rather every single Yid is able to do this. But his spirit is generous to awaken him and to inspire him. That, that he understands the, the importance and the quality of to separate himself from the world, to stand in front of Hashem, to serve Him, and to work for Him, and to come to know Hashem. And he removed from himself the yoke uh, of the chashboinis rabim, the many chashboinis, the the calculations of, in a sense, like surviving in this world that people always have to search for, you know, all the different calculations and tachbulois uh, and tricks and stuff that a person does to be successful in this world, they separate themselves from this and they, uh, and they, and, and they become holy as Kedush HaKadashim. So he says everybody is able to do that. He says a 
according to in the Vayda Ruchni, spiritually, every single individual is able to become to the level of Shevet Levi, to stand in front of Shem, to serve and to come Kaitish Gadashem. But Lefiza, Tzarech Li is Gam, Kain Gam Lev Gabi, Avedis Kain Gadol. So Vayda Ruchni is Kain Gadol, Tzarech Li is Shaykh, 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 and he says, Lachayr, we should say the same thing that I was by Shevet Levi, but Lachayr by a kind Gadol, the Avoid Ruchnis of a kind Gadol also should Lachayr be Shach to every single Yid. So, Amadur Namar should start Lias Rak Rates of a Kach, Inubidigela, Avoida, Bepoil, Masha Shagam Ruchnis, Yashna Rak and Gadol Echad. But what do we see? And Moshe Ben tells him you should want that, which implies that you shouldn't actually become a kind Gadol Bepoil, not even spiritually a kind Gadol. So, sure, physically, to actually do the Avoida, for sure that's wrong. But Meishu Rabbeinu, by his words, was telling them, I also want it, implies that you should want this, but you can't even become this spiritually. Because if he was telling that you should do the Avaidah spiritually, that's what he should have said. He should have said, yes, become a Vaidah, uh, uh, you should become a Kayin just spiritually. But he doesn't even tell them that. He says, you should just want to become a Kayin Meaning that even spiritually, you're not on that level. You should just want to have that level. But, so why is the Avaidah of the Kayin Different than the Avaida of Shevet Levi, which the Raman says every single yid could every single yid could reach spiritually. So he says, So he says, we'll understand this first by seeing, in a sense, a paradox of opposites uh, between the Avaida of Shevet Levi and the Avaida of Kain Gadol. We see something very interesting. He says, When he Shevet Levi caused of a Raman, she called Ish ve'ish Hulu Shenad Veruchai Oisai Harunas Medregas Shevet Levi. Regarding Shevet Levi, it says that every single individual that is inspired uh, because of his generous spirit and sense to, concert, to to give himself over to Hashem, he becomes on the level of a Shevet Levi. The Rambam does not write that every person needs to want and he should work on becoming uh, on the level of Levi. We said everybody should want it. So we see in a sense an opposite. By Shevi Levi, the Raman does not say that you, should, that you need to want it. No, no, no. He says if you want it, meaning if you already have that desire, then you could, you're, able, you're able to uh, become part of Shevi Levi spiritually. But regarding the Kain Gadol, what does he say? That every, uh, not him, but according to the Shruta Shemikra, what are we saying? That you should want it, but you can never actually become it. So it's opposite. So Levi, you don't need to want it, but you can become it. Kaingadl, you should want it, but you can never actually become a Kaingadl. Why, why these opposites? Sif test. Babir Bazat. Bavaitis Hashem Yeshna Gim Bachinas Klalias Mitzvah's Torah Mitzvah's Nafesh. In Avaitis Hashem, there's three general levels. There's a the level of Mitzvah's Torah and Mitzvah's Nafesh. Aleph. So we're going to explain what each one of these three things are. A Mitzvah's the Slapshub Dvar and Gashmi, Sitzis Bitzamar, Gashmi, Tvilim Biklav Gashmi, says the mitzvahs are enclosed within physical items. The tzitzis is done and fulfilled through physical wool. The tvilin has to be, the mitzvah has to be done with actual tlaf, uh, parchment. The avayd needs to be done and through things of this world. The mitzvahs need to be done in a way that they're purifying and elevating the physical items of this world and making them a vessel for godliness. He says, but the Torah is higher than being clothed within the world. Meaning is by mitzvahs, it, it is enclosed. There's no way to do a mitzvah unless you actually take that cloth and make it into a pair of tefillin and put it on your arm. But Tyra is actually higher than being clothed within the world. Because Tyra is something which is, um, well, in this world, it's something which is intellectual. 
even after the Torah went down from one level to the next level. And our thought, our physical thought, speech, is able, and Maisa, because we could write the, the, the words of the Torah down in a Sefer, it actually grasps the Torah. So even though we, the Torah is in this world, and we, the uh, concepts which are in the Torah are expressed through physical examples, Nonetheless, the darkness of this world does not hide on the Torah. We even have a halacha that the words of Torah cannot become Tameh. Therefore, even if a person who is Tameh is able to learn the Torah, because Torah can never become Tameh, even if the individual saying those words is Tameh. She calls them This The idea of Hashem is the idea of separating oneself from the inyana ha'elam. So mitzvah is that you need to take the physical items, in a sense, and use them to do a mitzvah. While Torah is ultimately, you don't actually need those physical items. Torah is really something which is higher than anything in this world. But the way that how we connect it is Hashem took these ideas, in a sense, and clothed it uh, within physical examples. But you don't actually need those physical examples. The, the physical examples are just in a way for us to be able to grasp, understand what the Torah is saying. So in a sense, you can completely separate from the world. And the more separated you are, since it's intellectual pursuit, the more separated and less distractions you have, the greater you're able to develop your ability to understand the Torah. So it's very, it's very different from the, um, someone who's doing the mitzvahs. And Gimel, then there's Mr. Snafish, Hari Hi Nailis Mahamidida Then we have Sirs Nafish, which Alpitaira, it's actually higher than the limitations and the measurements of the Torah and of the mitzvahs. He says the concept of Sirius Nefesh is a complete unity and attachment to Elokus, which is higher than any types of limitation. Right? Because that's why actually uh, Sirius Nefesh uh, is not mentioned in the Torah as the rubber brings down in one of the Ars. It's R64. Therefore, the Inyan Mesir's Nefesh is not said explicitly in because Torah is the Inyan of Chachma, and Chachma is Alpitan Vadas. Therefore, it's not said explicitly. And then you look at the Ars that there is, say, from Amar, they're discussing that whole idea in more detail because we know there is a mitzvah in Nefesh, so he's over there explains that the difference of what we say in Chassidus, that there's no Messiris Nefesh. On the other hand, we know that there is a mitzvah of Messiris Nefesh, but we're talking about two different levels of Messiris Nefesh. But the point is that Messiris Nefesh ultimately is higher than the Torah because Messiris Nefesh uh, doesn't, follow the, uh, doesn't have to follow the limitations. You're, a person's able to go Messiris Nefesh even to, uh, for any mitzvah. Uh, according to the Ramah, any mitzvah that a person wants to do and, and their guy is trying to force them not to do it, you're able to, in a sense, sacrifice yourself to, for any type of mitzvah or any type of aver non to do it. Uh, you're mechuyev only for three, but you're able to go Mr. Snefesh for any mitzvah. So we're seeing, in a sense, that the Mr. Snefesh is higher than these limitations of the Torah. Um, and the idea of Mr. Snefesh is, of course, the reason why a person will go Mr. Snefesh even for one mitzvah is because he can't even imagine himself being separated from Hashem for even one moment. So he has an opportunity for a mitzvah. There's no chashbainus anymore. No chashbain, like, oh, if I do this, if I don't do the mitzvah, maybe I could do another, you know, over my lifetime, I can do this mitzvah another 20 times. Masha'ikin, if I go on Mr. Snefesh, I'll be able to do this once, but maybe, I, you know, I could be killed, chashbain, and I won't be able to do it again. There is no chashbainus. Like, oh, there's better to do 20 over 20 years instead of once, one, this one mitzvah one time. Because the idea of Mr. Snefesh is that all that you know is being connected to Hashem. So if there's a mitzvah in front of you, you in a sense have no choice. You have to do this mitzvah. Or if they're trying to get you to do an Avera, you can't do that Avera because how could you be separated even for a moment? 
Okay, good. Gimel Avedis Nal Harihem Bechlal is Gimel Hamadregas Aklali Yisrayashim Bivnei Yisrael. So these three Avedis are also the three levels that we generally see within the Jewish people. He says, Roiv Bnei Yisrael Avedasim Hibayifin the Hinnik Behem Minik Der Charetz. He says most Jewish people their Avedah in a way is that they conduct themselves according to Der Charetz. This is a famous Gemara in Brachas where. Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Shmuel have a machlok is how you're supposed to serve Hashem. Rabbi Shmuel says that you're supposed to, in a sense, live your life, do your job, and um, when you have the chance, you retire and do the mitzvahs at that point in time. While Rabbi Shmuel says if you're going to be working and sowing the land and doing charisha and all these things, Torah mati Allah, you got to separate yourself in the world. So the Gemara tells us that many tried to do like Rabbi Shmuel but they were not successful. But many tried to do like Shmuel and they were successful. Meaning is this idea of derech eretz living your life according to the rules of social behaviors, that's something that people are able to be very successful with. Starting, of course, with doing literal work, a person plows, sows. And the idea, what Rishmal is saying is that even when you're planting, you're sowing, you have your, you're working on your panasa, you fulfill the mitzvahs. Until such a level, it's not that you just do the mit, like you work, and then you give it like a miser to tzedakah, and then you use the money to be able to purchase mitzvahs. But more than that, even while you're working, you're doing it l'shem shemayim, and you b'chol is even deeper, is that while you're working, you actually see Hashem in that work. These are the masters of the good deed. Then you have the Aveda of Shevi Levi who are separate to serve Hashem and to, to, to work for him and to teach his Durach of Hayisharm and his Mishpat of Hatzadikim to the people. The second level is Shevet Levi, which they're separated from the world, and their purpose is to teach the people the proper conduct. This, of course, are the people that are learning Torah, that they're not involved working uh, all day. Rather, they're not. On the contrary, they're focusing on learning the Torah and knowing the lachas and being able to uh, apply it to themselves and to other people. Then there's the Vaidus Akain and Bifrat the Kain Gadol. We have the Kain, and especially the Kain Gadol. Also, like Lot says in Yushalayim, that for a Kain Gadol, it's also to leave Yushalayim. Yira Shalom, Shashlim, it's a Yira Vaidim Sirs Nafish. We know a Kain Gadol, especially any Kain, especially a Kain Gadol, he's not allowed to leave Yushalayim, which comes from the word Yira Shalim, an ultimate level of fear, a complete fear. That the Shlemus level of fear is, of course, Messiris Nafish, that ultimate level of fear is that, that the only thing there is is Hashem, and therefore you can't go anything which wouldn't be according to his ratzen. Uh, so he writes, it's Atzul, let's say it's Mishalayim. So he brings on the bottom from a Rambam. So the Rambam in Hilchas Kli Migdash says that this is the reason why there was a room in the base of Migdash. It was called the Lishkas Palhedrin. And the Lishkas Palhedrin, they would... Uh, that, that was a room set aside for the Kain Gadol because it was the beauty of the Kain Gadol to always stay within the base of Migdash and he'd only leave, you know, one, one hour, two hours at night to take care of whatever he needed to take care of. But he continues over there and he would, and he loves Yushalayim, he'd actually never leave Yushalayim ever. He was there. And therefore there's also other Allahists that Kain Gadol is always needs to be, he never allowed to let his hair grow, never allowed to have the ripped clothing because he would always be inside the base of Migdash. So a regular coin only need to take the haircut Right before, when it was his turn to be to work in the base of Migdash, Mash Enkin the Kain Gadol, who was always there, um, he, so he always had an obligation to be there. And then he says, "If you in the Migdash there's even a greater obligation." Says the Migdash, he's not allowed to leave, uh, which, um, which that means is 
So before it was just not, not allowed to leave Yerushalayim. Then there's another obligation, he's not allowed to leave the Mikdash. That's referring to when he's in the middle of the Avoid and then he hears that one of his relatives, one of his parents, for example, that he has an obligation to, to mourn for, he's not allowed to leave in the middle of the Avoida to actually go take care of the Leviah. He's not allowed to leave for that. So in Yanehu La'amoid, his job is to, to always remain, remain united and one with Hashem. Until the ultimate level, which uh, the, the the special avayda for the kain gadol, which is going into the yom, which is on yom kippur, that he goes into the kaiyus once a year, which is is the revealed expression of sirs nafesh, which is yichid liyachetcha that my neshama, my yichida, my uh, essence of my neshama is one with you. Yichida means my one is your one. So the, the meaning is uh, the essence of a yid, the essence of Hashem is one, and that's revealed on Yom Kippur within the Kedush Hakadoshim. If the virus bays haksavus and abenegel avida the sheva levi the kain gadol the mechad gisa avida salevi shayachs v'peil achal ach v'echad can haghagat timidis mash ain can avida kain gadol tzrich liyis rak but even shalvei tzvakach. So now we can understand these two sides of the coin that we spoke about. On one hand, the avida of the sheva levi. You're able to do, but you don't need to want it. You always should want it, but you can't actually do it. So he said, the levy is shy for every single person. It's only that you're supposed to want it. Oh, we just read that. Fine. But in this world, he's able to do, there's two types of avadi that he's able to do. There's avadis adam and atzmai. There's a voida the person has with himself, meaning is that's more the voida of Taira, that was the Shevet Levi. Then there's a voida ba'ilam working with the world, that's the voida of mitzvahs, uh, of the regular deed. That's the difference between those who are masters of Torah and those who are the masters of the good deed. And the main voida and lesson for every yid is that he has to be involved in Kiyam and Mitzvahs, because through that he's able to make a dear Badach Tainim. But for those who have this generous spirit, they are able to make their main avayda that they are married to Taira, that they're able to separate themselves from the Yanim Ha'elam. Which is the vacus viscatus basham by even serious nafish, any said your kavula hal acha bachal yam of Vedis Hashem, aval all of Lias Ritzbachach. But the Veda of the Kangadal, this type of connection to Hashem in a way of Messiris Nafish, is not a Seder Kuvu, it's not a continuous day to day type of Veda that every single Yid has on a daily basis. But you, you should always want it. Meaning, is on a daily basis, you're not supposed to be trying to go on Messiris Nafish to giving up your life for Mitzvah. You're supposed to live your life in a safe way and try to do Tyre Mitzvahs to the best of your abilities. There might become times in your that you need Messiris Nefesh, but it's not something that you're uh, searching for. He says, But, important point, both of these types of Avaida, those who are learning Torah, or those who are involved mostly in mitzvahs, they always need to have this Ratzin to become connected to Hashem with Messiris Nefesh. Meaning is that when they have this energy that all their desire is to become connected to Hashem, then when they do the mitzvah or when they're learning the Torah, it's with a totally different type of energy and power and vitality. He says, 
He says, but since the kavanah of Hashem is that he should live in this world and Hashem Boguf and to fill the will of God, therefore he needs to do his avoda in this world in one of these two ways. Either or one way is, which is that your main avoda is to be involved in Gashmi Yisraelam and to do the Torah mitzvahs to make uh, to, to fulfill the mitzvahs and make a dear b'tachtainim. Or you're like the minority of people, the Maori Torah who are separated from Yanim uh, Gashmim. And when he wants to become connected to Hashem, then his involvement in one of these types of Aveda is Bishlemus. Because when you ha- it's not that the being involved in the world is a tachlis on its own, and it's not that being separated from the world is being is a tachlis on its own. Rather, it's being involved in these two types of avoda for the sake of becoming connected to Hashem. Therefore, and therefore, we know the world of Baal Shemta, wherever the rats and the person is, that's where he is found. So since his rotsen is to become totally davik and come connected to Hashem, therefore, when you're involved in mitzvahs or if you're involved in Torah, since your whole rotsen in doing the Torah mitzvahs is to become connected to God, therefore you have this ultimate level of connection to Hashem. And then, through us fulfilling this Avedah, how we're supposed to, then eventually we'll be, when Mashiach comes, we'll be Zeicha to the Kim Hayyud, the promise that the Levim will be transformed to Kainim. And even more than that, and on the, more than that, he says that every single Yid become a kind Gadol, as the Baal term writes, that La'asad Lavi will return to them. This idea of Kuna Gadolah, that every Yid will become a kind Gadol. Shnamar, Hashem Begula Mitzvah As it says in the Pasik, that they calls them, uh, you will be called the, the, the priest of Hashem, through the Gula Mitzvah through Hashem Tzikenu, and Moshe and Aaron will be with them. And just look at R81. He says, uh, just another way of explaining the same idea, but, but interesting. Because uh, right now, the way how we're explaining is that there's, in a sense, there's people who are mostly involved in Torah, those who are mostly involved in mitzvahs, and both of them need to have the kabbana to become dveikus b'ashem. But in 81, he's going to put them, in a sense, all together. But even achir k'sas to say it a little bit different, he says, The main avayda for every yid is fulfillment of, tarah mitzvah, uh, fulfillment of mitzvahs, which is to, the purpose of doing mitzvahs, which is with physical items, is to make a dir b'dachleinim. But in order for the mitzvahs to be done properly, you need the avayda, at least some people who are on the level of the levi, who are the maritime of dalim, badarka ilim, shizu hashmir le mitzvahs. That they're separated from the world, but this is the way to guard that the mitzvahs are being done properly. And that that the people who are involved in Anyana Ilam should not become totally sunken into Tarmitzis. Meaning is the Rebbe is saying two points why we need to have those individuals who are involved in Maridatari. The Pashib shot, of course, is because you need to have people who are lower learning tires, so they know how to guide the people to conduct their lives properly. But the Rebbe is saying even a deeper point over here is that when you have those individuals that are separated from the worlds, they're always connected in a sense to the source. They're always it's begilly what the purpose of the world is. When you're doing mitzvahs, you're in a sense 
actually fulfilling what the purpose is. But when you're too involved, eventually that can become hidden what the ultimate purpose is. But when you have those people who are separated from the world, they don't have the nisiyanifs of this world, it's always clear to them what the purpose is. And therefore, they're able to be a light to those who are involved in the day-to-day life and they're able to teach them and, and, you know, and, and to, to inspire them. But he said the power that every single individual has to be able to transform this world, to be a dear Latzmusay to Hashem, this is Mitzad the Hergish, the feeling that he wants it. He wants it to be Meaning is when you do your when you learn your Torah or when you're doing a mitzvah and you have the desire to make a dear you have a desire to have a Dvekas for Hashem, that actually is pale that uh, that there will be this Dira Patakhtayim.